You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. You can download the Spotify Greenroom app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Spotify Greenroom rooms. I guess that's how it goes. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Green Room Rooms is, is pretty dope, though. What'd you say, Nada? Green Room Rooms is okay, though. Like, okay. I understand it. it, it, it blame, blame our corporate overlords. Just hopefully they continue to pay us. All right. That's what we'll roll with. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. And so this is the lottery luck that we're more used to here as Charlotte Hornets fans. We got the 11th Mm -hmm. overall pick last night. We had the 11th best odds in the NBA draft last night and everything comes to fruition. It's all chalk really for a while. I forget what the first uh, wild card was that was thrown out there, but it wasn't the Charlotte Hornets. That's what I do now. So we're selecting 11th overall nada, and it's something we're extremely familiar Mm -hmm. with. It's the fourth time in the last Mm -hmm. five NBA drafts that we will have selected 11 or 12 and 2017. It was Malik Monk. 2018, it was Miles Bridges. 2019, it was P.J. Washington. And, of course, we go to LaMelo last year to be determined who we get at 11 this year. And I guess if they trade up or back or whatever, but more often than not, teams are going to be using their selection to take the guy that they want at that particular spot. So they're picking 11. What do you make of that spot for them in the NBA draft? Initial thought is, and I've been leaning this way if you watch me on Twitter, they're trading this pick. I'm... Because I, I, at, at initial thought, I do believe that this is a one-player draft for them. I do believe they love James Booknight. Where do you get I that, though? Like, <laughs> where do you get, get that? that it's a one at 11, Nada, and it's a one-player draft? At, at 11, I, well, again, it, I, think, I think they're trading it unless it's 11. Like, that's where I guess I'm at, is that. I, I just that for some reason, I think that they feel like they have enough young guys at where they're at. This is still a fairly young team. And if this team is going to maximize the LaMelo ball window and people are going to get sick of me saying this, even though we're in year one and a half of LaMelo ball, like I think if you're going to maximize this window and put enough pieces around him. This team needs a cl- either a solid running mate. Now, granted, Gordon Hayward is that, but they need to address the center position. And I do believe that 11 is going to help them do that. How so? I can't tell you, but I don't think the I don't think the guys that could be there at 11 are nearly as appealing as people seem to think to the Hornets as people seem to think they are. That's why I don't that's why I initially think they trade it unless they really love one of the wings, Book Knight, Moody, Kispert, maybe. But I do. But one thing I will absolutely say, and I know you agree with me on this: whoever they, if they draft, whoever it is, it ain't, it ain't gonna be a center. I can tell you that right off the gate. Like, I mean, it's not gonna be a center. I know we've talked about what. I think they'll do. I, I'm not nearly as sure about any of this as you are. I mean, I think that the I think that the Hornets 
at 11 have a lot of flexibility to take whoever is going to be there. That's their best prospect at 11. And I just think that there's a lot of guys that could be there. Look, I, I think I've seen you talk about Kai Jones and you don't want him at number 11 overall, just because he's so raw right now, but the talent is certainly tantalizing enough to possibly have him you know, go with that selection. I'm not saying I would make it, but I don't know how they feel. I do think that there's enough big guys here that they're going to be in play. I mean, is there something that's taking you off of a Josh Gideon and Alperen Sengun at first? Is there something that's taking you off of those guys and going to only James book Knight at the moment? Uh, just, just, I think if they were going to get a big, like Giddy, I like, but, as others and you have reminded me, his shot's not there. I like Giddy. I think he would be a really good piece to add. I also think he's a luxury piece. I like Kai Jones, but does he fit the timeline? And that's where and like I like Kai Jones. I really want. I, I if this if all things were even, I would say go get him. Unfortunately, they're not. You're, I look at this as you have to team build on the fly and at the same time maximize like stay stay cap solvent stay stay wise with the cap and for some reason like I just can't get past the fact that none of the guys that you probably are drafting at 11 are going to help you like See year. I th I think not a I understand that you've we've discussed the expectations for next season because they're there and there's no doubt about that. But I don't think you're completely abandoning adding young talent because it's not like you're a veteran away from, okay, we're going to trade this 11th pick. We're going to get this veteran and then we're going to win a playoff series or we're going to be in contention with that playoff series because of it. I think another way they can compete in a playoff series is by using the free agent, using the money that they have in salary cap space, drafting another guy that is really talented in this NBA draft. And hopefully he can come along within the next couple of years, because I do think that this NBA rookie is going to fit the timeline to some degree. You know, the oldest player that we're talking about that we consider a pillar of the organization right now. And I mean, I don't even know if pillar is the right word, but somebody that has substantial growth and substantial impact at a young age is miles bridges at this point, because I think Malik's gone. Devante could be gone. And I, I feel like it's miles bridges as the guy that we're talking about here. It's PJ Washington and Lamelo ball. And so with PJ having been drafted a few years ago, you're going to be talking extension this off season. He'll probably say no, and then go test the market and maybe he'll come back. Right. I don't know how that's going to play out, but I just don't think that this is the time after the non expectations, the growth, the playing with house money last year. I don't think this offseason is the time to say, all right, this guy's going to be too young. We need to get a veteran right here, right now, so we can compete next year. It's still important to add young talent. I don't disagree that it's important to young, add young talent, but like they've got to be able to, unfortunately, they have to be able to move the needle in some sort of way. And when we have that those discussions, the guys that move the needle most likely are going to be gone. Like I think about, book night who's probably not going to be there moses moody might not be there um i'm also thinking like those guys it's got to be a wing because i don't see them adding a big kai jones is probably the closest thing i would say they feel they may feel comfortable comfortable about adding but i'm not like i'm not sure they're in the portion of the rebuild where they're they're not they're not in the denver spot where they feel like okay 
we like our team, we can add a Michael Porter Jr. and let him develop and grow as we go. They're not at that point yet. And I think that's where I'm concerned. Like, they they need to, I'm not saying they need to hit a home run, but it's going to have to be a double with this guy. And I'm not sure that's the best use of assets right now is to make sure, it, especially in this draft where there is a clear cliff after the top four. I, like, yeah, uh, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll talk more about it in the next couple of segments, but not before we discuss Spotify Green Room once again. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. It's the finest social audio platform made for sports fans, and the app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or your favorite sport. Spotify Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you for watch parties, debates, and post game breakdowns, and of course, react to big news or rumors and you can even find spotify green room locked on excuse me find locked on host across spotify green room chat areas nba mlb nhl it doesn't matter what sport you're talking about go download the free spotify green room app right now currently available on all ios devices be sure to create a profile link your twitter and join the nba group for the latest league updates i know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and league uh so again go check it out uh download the spotify green room app today changing the way we talk sports we'll have a couple more segments to go about the 11th overall pick the history some other guys that we like coming up next uh locked on hornets podcast this is locked on hornets you have gone to that in an after school special show (laughs) and you've gone to that in a shoe show with david walker the og you have gone back to the clerk's well for so many different references it's quite impressive because here's the thing though clerks clerks one and clerks two tell you everything you need to know about the service industry and for the most part about life It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Did you know that Bill Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? I'm ready for the next one. I told you about the grasshopper cookie. It was excellent. We all know about the churro puff. That was great. And the legendary coconut chocolate brownie mint thing. I forget what it's called, but I know the wrapper and I know it's gold in there. I want the next limited time flavor, but the staples are good too. peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone and there's only Uh, There's not too many calories, only about 130 calories per energy bar. It's ridiculous. Low sugar, high protein, high fiber. And the best part is you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So, Nod, I think we talked about this a lot during the draft last year. General Manager Mitch Kupchak, for the most part, has done a good job. And I think even last year, so look, this is what's happened since we had that conversation, right? We had trusted Mitch Kupchak heading into the 2020 NBA draft for all that he had done. And to that point, he had drafted PJ Washington, who was a second all rookie team member, should have been first, but still we recognize that he was a second team all uh, rookie member. He had drafted Miles Bridges, who... Uh, had given us a pretty bad sophomore year and somewhat okay rookie year, um, but clearly had struggled in his second season. He had given us Devontae Graham. He had given us Jalen McDaniels, the Martin twins who were getting some kind of run. That's what he had done in the draft to that point. So a year removed, we see Miles Bridges take a big boy step up. 
we see LaMelo Ball as the third overall selection become rookie of the year, way deservedly so, and the best rookie of that draft class, the most coveted piece from that draft class since that's happened. We've seen P.J., I don't think lose enough luster to for everybody to completely jump off of him. But, you know, I think it, it's he's somewhat polarizing at this point. Still, you know, I like PJ. But st- so it's been miles and it's been LaMelo that have been big boost for Mitch Kupchak, because what it used to be was his biggest mistake in any capacity for the Charlotte Hornets during his time as GM had been trading Shea Gildas Alexander for Miles Bridges. Now, you could still argue it's his biggest mistake. But that gap has certainly closed. I, I mean, look, you're crazy if you want Miles Bridges over Shea Gilgis. That guy is one of the best players under 25. In fact, I think he was listed like eighth or something when the ESPN writers came together, ranked him. He clearly is top 10 in that category, and that's an extremely valuable category. But certainly Miles Bridges has taken that step to think, okay, he can be a real problem, and we'll see what the ceiling is for him because it certainly was raised after his performance last year. Point being, even since we believed in Mitch last year, nada, things have gone right for him even more so. Not the second-round picks, granted. You got basically nothing from Nick Richards or Vernon Carey at the NBA level, but you did get Miles Bridges taking that step up and LaMelo Ball being the best rookie in the draft class. That means something. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. Like, I I completely understand where you're coming from on that. Like, a lot of really good things did happen when it came to that. But at the same time, I, I just, I again, I, I understand the trusting in Mitch. Mitch is basically done and nailed every single thing that he's done going into this draft thus far, going into this draft. And it's kind of why I wonder what they're going to do. Are they going to tra- are are they going to draft a big and say, "Okay, we have three developmental bigs now because now you'd have Richards, you'd have Carrie, and then you would also have whomever this is." It's it's kind of why I don't see them drafting a big. At the same time, I see the again, you the Kai Jones, Franz Wagner of the group, Franz Wagner's of the group. I do wonder if that contributes to a, a cluster problem that they do have in the in that 3-4 range because you're going to have Miles Bridges that can play the 3, probably ideally better as a 4. You have P.J. Washington better as a 4 and probably not a 5. And then you have Jalen McDaniels who plays anywhere from 3-4 three three, three, and maybe a little bit of small ball 5. Like so, when you have these com- like when you have this roster composition co- conversation, I understand maybe one or two of those guys shouldn't prevent you from drafting one of them. But it's one of those problems that you do have right now. Is that roster composition almost dictates that this has to be a guard or it has to be a guy that can come in and at least replace the Malik Monk minutes. So. I, I don't know. Like I, I do. Does that mean you don't trust? What does that? What does that mean as as far as trusting Mitch? You're still saying like even if Mitch Kupchak is a good drafter, you're still thinking to not necessarily use it unless it's Book Knight or uh, a Moses Moody, I guess, who you seem to be okay with as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I trust him, but I trust him only to a certain po- point. Unfortunately, like. I again, you would think I would give him. All I the would not. What's happened? Because I'm, I'm confused because we did trust him last year, and I just don't know what's happened. Like, is it I, because 
And look, it's not that like he's perfect. Okay. I mean, we've, we've seen him take a couple of players where uh, the miles bridges, Shea Gilders, Alexander thing is the biggest, is the biggest miss as far as what we've seen other players Uh take after he's selected. Right. Because PJ, uh, there's nobody after him that you're like, okay, yeah, that's guy, yeah. that guy's clearly better. I mean, Brandon Clark was someone I wanted at the time. A Kevin Porter was somebody I was interested in, but I'll go ahead and keep PJ Washington there. I mean, maybe Tyler hero people had that fever, but that's come way down since his sophomore year. And then you get the best player yeah. in the draft, the following season, maybe some second rounders like Vernon Carey, Nick Richards were complete non-factors this season. Um, but other than yeah. that, I just I don't know what he's done to take away some of your trust. Not earn because it's not even that he does I think the situation more than Mitch. I do believe that with what this team has to do to take the next step. Like the first step, granted, not the easiest thing to do, but now this is probably the most important offseason since I, I would say since the team came back to town, I would say like this is a very, 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 very big step because there's a lot of things you're gonna have to nail in order for um in in order to take that next step because you have a whole bunch of holes in you have a you have a massive gaping hole in the center position for the Charlotte Hornets this year. You have you have to at least somewhat talk about replacing the Malik Monk minutes and potentially even Devontae Graham minutes, even though I do think that because he's going to be a restricted free agent, they're going to they're going to lock him up. And you also have to do this with a very limited amount of cap space. This is going to be like, it's not necessarily Mitch I don't trust, but it's the situation. Like, there's a lot that has to go right. And if there's a couple things that go wrong, this goes sideways very, 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 very quickly. Yeah, I think some of that has to do with the way that they choose to spend their money. And uh, yeah, you have to hit your draft picks. There's no doubt about it. We'll see exactly what's going to take place this offseason. We'll have one more segment to talk about it, but not before we discuss bet online. It's the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. We have one more segment to go on the locked on Hornets podcast. This is locked on Hornets. I don't like doing that unless like I am totally annoyed. I don't drop the big joker in spades or that early. I don't drop the big joker. I only do it when I am officially annoyed and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. I the last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. How about the Charlotte Hornets getting love twice last night in the playoff game between the Phoenix Suns and the L.A. Clippers? And I'll explain. One, when Devin Booker was walking to the locker room because his nose clearly (laughs) broken and swollen after you saw him in postgame availability last night. When he was walking to the locker room, not I saw a LaMelo ball jersey when he was walking there. Charlotte is getting represented in the playoffs. Of course, of course. Like, 
I I missed it until someone did point it out on the replay. Yeah, I like there is a net. I you got to think about it like this: Labello Ball is doing commercials for Marvel movies. He's the Rookie of the Year. This is the most attention Charlotte's had since Cam Newton, and this is fairly awesome. So that's pretty yeah. tough that the Charlotte Hornets got so, love. So they got love, right? But the other way that they got love was Jay Triano getting all of these shout-outs because in 2017, Triano had drawn up a play, an, an out-of-bounds play at the end of a game to where you, th- you exactly like Jay Crowder. You floated up over the rim and a player can go and dunk it and it's not considered goaltending because of course you can't shoot from out of bounds you can't hit a shot from out of bounds and therefore it's not in the cylinder because the cylinder and the space above it it disappears when it's out of bounds right it's a live ball and Jay Triana was kicking that knowledge around to other players on the Phoenix Suns roster Tyson Chandler tweeted that out yesterday said yeah Jay Triano shout out to him he was the one that was throwing that to me and the rest of the Phoenix Suns roster Kevin Pelton tweeted that out so like this is a known thing and of course he is an assistant coach I think he's the associate head coach if I'm not mistaken I couldn't find his official title I just know that he took over when James Brago got ejected, I believe, the first time. I think he's the head associate, yeah. Okay, so the head associate, whatever words, however you want to uh, word them, he's the top assistant on the team, the most experienced guy that has head coaching experience before. Um, And Jay Triano drew up that play, but not a, I mean, I was was in awe. When DeAndre Ayton flushes that and Jay Crowder does the pinpoint pass, that was so much fun to watch. That is so much fun. And I just want to, again, if Jay Triano's got all this knowledge, how come we haven't seen him on the... I guess you know what I was going to say. How come we haven't seen them in in the Hornets out of bounds plays? But then I just remembered the ATOs that that the Hornets run are fairly effective. They are so so. Again, now we know the architect of the ATOs right now, especially. But Nada, that only takes away from your boy James Borrego. That's what it I does. Know. Are you sure you want to give all that credit to Jay Triano? Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> he again, James Borrego still the CEO. So the CEO always gets too much credit, too much blame. Therefore, you know what? I, I can do that, and I understand that people are going to use this against me, but, I, you know, I just don't care right now. I really don't. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, they win by one point. Paul George, after resurrecting himself the last couple of games, struggled from the field and then was really clutch from the field down the stretch. But from the free throw line, he misses two. And then DeAndre Ayton wins it on what is called the Valley Oop. I believe Matt Weiner coined that. It was <laughs> unbelievable. The Valley Oop. I mean, yeah, that's going to run rampant, and it absolutely should. Today, on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. So I want to talk about a few more guys that are kind of in my head that are going to be somewhat in the mix. You know, Scotty Barnes is someone that a lot of people have fallen in love with. He's becoming the NBA draft darling. They, Mm -hmm. they are everywhere and the measurables come in and they were pretty astonishing. I don't have him in front of me right now, but he's got a long wingspan. He comes in at six, nine. He's only 19 years old, an elite defender has some offensive upside as well. Just being able to play, make for others. Walker, Walker, hold on on one second. Are you develop? Is this going to be Devin Vassell all over again for you? Oh, it's not for me. Look, I mean, yeah, I would love to have a chance at Scotty Barnes. I guess it's the sit, but it's not just me. Like every, I, I'm not even the highest on. Like I like Scotty Barnes, but this okay. is not my draft rose. If that's what you're asking, okay. No. I I just need to understand this because 
again, with you and Florida State players, you tend to fall in love very, very, like, something about these Florida ACC players. You like to fall in love, and you fall in love hard, and then once it doesn't happen, you find yourself very, very upset about the entire thing. Unless it's LaMelo Ball who takes that place and then I am just fine doing so. I did Fair love enough. Devin Vassell and he's not he's not my draft rose, as Doug would say. I just think he's everybody else's nada. And, and yes, to I the do. point I'm trying to make, it's I, I think Scotty Barnes had been somebody that people wanted the Hornets to to maybe take at 11. I, I think he's going to be long gone. I, I, he's, I think people are going to consider him at six, seven, yeah. eight, nine, ten anywhere outside of the top five before the chance uh, that the Hornets have to grab him. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, I don't think Barnes is going to be there. You know what, though? You know what question I want to ask you? Because, again, I've done a whole bunch of bloviating on this. Who are your hell no's in this draft thus far? I want to know. You know, I, I am leaning. Look, I'm going to do a lot more research on this. I've done more research this year than I did last year, um, earlier than last year. But I, I think the guys that I'm leaning more hell knows on Corey Kispert is one. Agreed. I, I look, I understand that he actually does go to the pain a little more. I just don't want somebody that doesn't defend as much like his on. I, I don't think he's as great of a defender. Like I, I think Kevin O'Connor thinks he's got good defense or whatever. I don't, it, I don't think that he's going to be this juggernaut of a guy that can come in and defend at a high level. I know he's an excellent shooter. I know the Charlotte Hornets need shooting as well, but he's already 22. He's already someone that I don't think is going to be able to defend at a high level at the NBA level. And so Corey Kispert, I'm just kind of out on with all the other guys that could be there. Another player that I think I'm kind of lower on. I don't think I want Davion Mitchell and Yo, not at 11 I'm even. I'm and, 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 and Jay Billis got killed last night for having Davion top five. Um, look, I, I like Davion as a player fine enough, but he's also 22. He only comes in, I believe at about six feet. Uh, look, he's a bulldog on defense. He gets to the paint very well. You know, he shoots decently enough at the rim. His free throw shooting isn't great. So I don't know if his three point shooting is for real because it's the only time we've seen it. Even he mentioned it in that interview last night that the offense came along this year more so than it ever had in previous years. But if Davion Mitchell is there at 11, there's probably somebody else there that I'm going to like more so. And, and I like Mitchell as a player, but even the fit with this team you can get def like he'll help defensively with LaMelo. I, I get that. He's awesome that way. I, I, it's just the shooting more so yeah. not. I just don't know if I believe wholeheartedly in the shooting at the next level. No, it's not even like I, I there's there's a lot to Davion Mitchell that I do not like. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's six foot. And how does he fit with this roster when you already have a whole bunch of undersized guards? And also, you have a lot of bigger guards that already can't score in the Martin Twins. The, the biggest thing for me for this draft is you have to do your best. The, the biggest thing for this offseason, much less the draft, what, again, you have to essentially min minimize the Martin Twins minutes as much as possible. Like, I love Cody Martin. He should be the only Martin twin that plays right now. I, I appreciate them for what they do, but for if this team is going to take the next step forward, they have to be able to score a lot more, and they have to be able to manufacture more in the half court. And unfortunately, 
you can't do that with two Martin twins. Davion Mitchell is a shorter Martin twin, and I'm not sure how much that helps. Yeah, I think the guys that I'm in favor of right now, two people that I am, I'm not as in love with them as like, look, we all know my Shea love. Kevin Porter, Brandon Clark come to mind. Devin Vassell last year. I, I don't have that guy in my head yet, but okay. if we're to talk, if we're to talk the early leader, I think Zaire Williams is the early leader out of the clubhouse, man. And, and I, I, I think he's going to be there. I just think he is the archetype player that is the most valuable in the NBA, which is a big wing, six eleven wingspan that can create his own shot, has good enough handles. I, look, his finishing at the rim wasn't good percentage wise. I think yeah. if he gets weight on him, I think he'll be able to do that fine enough. He also had a weird year last year, not aware. He had a death in his family. He yeah. left for a decent portion of it. Also, Stanford underwent as many challenges as a basketball team as any program. They had to like play a ton of games out here because they were at Asheville during the quote unquote, what is it? The, the Hawaii classic or whatever mm -hmm. that tournament is. So they just had a weird year altogether and he's only 19. I, I think, man, if, if I had to choose who is, who is my love is for the NBA draft, Zaire Williams is the early leader. You know, I, I, I was out on Zaire for a little bit. I am still semi out, but he's in that Kai Jones, like him and Kai Jones are the ones that are the most interesting, intriguing to me at 11. Because you can convince me that either one of them is worth the draft pick. But if that's the case, are you prepared to have him basically play most of his minutes in Greensboro this year? Like, that would be my question to you or anybody. If, if the selection is Kai Jones, if the selection is Zaire Williams, are you prepared to have these guys be in Greensboro this year and not contribute? Because I, I, I kind of can be. But just I know how people are going to be about with this. Like, oh, he's in Greensboro. He's in, he's in Greensboro. He can't play. Why did they draft a project? Oh, my God, we're wasting LaMelo's rookie contract and stuff like that. I, I'm just pointing this out right now because if that's going to be the pick, be prepared to see them in Greensboro Swarm uniform for most of the year. Yeah, and I and I think he's somebody that's even projected to go a little bit past 11. So, uh, I mean, it would be somewhat of a surprise based on where everybody falls on the rankings right now. That's going to change. July 29th is the draft, so you still have over a month before you get there. But I still think there's going to be a ton of changes. I mean, Scotty Barnes, he's a wish list guy. I, I do like Scotty. I'm not saying I don't want to, you know, when I say I'm not giving him my all my love, it doesn't mean that I don't really like him. I think Scotty Barnes, uh, a versatile defender, would really help with this basketball team. Um, Moses Moody too. You know, I, I think those are going to be some of the draft darlings that everybody likes because everybody likes the three and D versatile defender, even playmaker or shooter type of player. So I, everybody is going to like that type of player. And I think it's just because they're really useful. So yeah, those are some other guys right now, but we'll get into it. We'll give you some more detailed evaluations as the off season goes on. And as the next month rolls about, it's going to be a lot of NBA draft heavy conversation as well, as well as uh, some player capsules next week. We'll finish out this week. We'll start some other stuff coming to you that you're usually used to here on the lockdown Hornets podcast. That wraps up this, uh, this edition of lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA or really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.